Indeed, all praise is due to Allah. We thank him. We seek his help and his forgiveness. We seek his help from the evils of our own selves and the evils of our actions. Whoever Allah has guided, then none can misguide. Whoever Allah has left to go astray, then none can guide. And I bear witness that there's no Lord worthy of worship but Allah. And that the Prophet Muhammad is his messenger. O you who believe, fear Allah, be conscious of Allah as he deserves to be feared. And do not die except in a state of complete submission to him. As we approach the days of Hajj, the days of fulfillment of one of the major pillars of Islam, it's important to remind ourselves of the importance of this auspicious event, of this auspicious month that is coming to us, Dhul Hijjah. The month so special that Allah made the month before it and the month after it sacred. The scholars say the sacredness of Dhul Hijjah made Dhul Qa'dah and Muharram sacred. Because Allah wants everyone coming to his house to arrive in a safe way and those departing after Hajj to also leave in a safe way. That's one understanding. But Hajj, as we know, is a pillar of our deen. And a pillar by definition is something that without it, the house cannot be completed. Without a pillar, you can't have anything to build on. And we have five pillars as we know. Hajj is such an important one. And one that unfortunately many of us think it's only to be done when we're old. We think let's wait until I'm sinless. Let's wait until I'm a better Muslim before I can go to Allah's house. Rather, what our deen tells us is that as long as you have the health and the money to go, you have to go. It's wajib. Many people save and they have thousands of pounds in their account for different reasons. But when it comes to hajj, yeah, later on, inshallah. That's not the attitude of a believer. A believer knows that hajj is a pillar and as such makes it top priority as far as what they would do. A believer considers Hajj as an important milestone in their life. It's not just an event. It's the fulfillment of a pillar. It's the response to Allah's invitation. Allah told his friend, Ibrahim السلام, call people to Hajj. They will come in droves. Right? It's a journey of the heart. To the presence of Allah. Sayrul Qalb illa Hadratir Rabb. It's a journey for people who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to honor by making them guests of His house. So I remind myself and everyone if you are in this, listening to this or in this gathering and you've already gone, Fahaniyan Lakum, congratulations. If you are not, if you've not been yet, then make it an important milestone that you plan for, that you prepare for, and that you don't put anything else above it as a pillar. So let's understand what this Hajj is, because for some of us here now, we might not be going for Hajj this year, 
or we might not be able to afford it. How do we benefit from the Hijjah? How do we benefit? What is the Hajj of the non-pilgrim? For those unable to visit Allah's house, the first house that was built for Allah's worship, for, the, for monotheistic worship, the Kaaba, for those unable to do that, then have you considered visiting other places that were built only for the sake of Allah and being a regular visitor there? Allah says, La masjidun Houses that are founded on God consciousness are more rightful for you to stand on them. Places, if you know that you can't afford Hajj yet, places that are built for the sake of Allah, visit these places during the time of Hajj. And just like the people who go for Hajj prepare when they're visiting these places, when you're going to the house of Allah, prepare to leave everything behind and stay in the place for the sake of Allah. When people who go for Hajj, they, when they're in Hajj, they have certain adab, right? No argument, right? No foul languages in Hajj. When you visit Allah's house as well, there are certain adab that Allah requires of you. Sometimes we see, unfortunately, in our masajid, on days of khutbah, you find people talking to each other. You find people scrolling on their phones while the imam is delivering a sermon. You find people, you know, in the presence of Allah, in Allah's house, yet their hearts are attached to other things. And Allah reminds us of the masajid. He says, وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا And the mosques, all mosques, are for Allah. So do not call anything else but Allah in these places. So if we're not able to go for hajj, when we enter the houses of Allah, let's at least have the adab of the house of Allah. Let's be as though we're in Allah's presence. For the house, is, we know in Arabic, something's worth can be told by who owns it. This mosque is not owned by any sheikh or any alim. This is the house of Allah, built for Allah's worship. So when you enter it, consider yourselves guests of Allah and have the right adab of being Allah's guests. Be people that will stay and sit. And even though you are not able to be like those who are very lucky that will be going for hajj, when you're in the house of Allah, ta'addab ma'allahi. Have the right comportment and adab with Allah. We also know that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he being Nabiyyul Rahmah, the messenger of mercy, and Allah being Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, the most beneficent, the most merciful. He knows that there are some of us that we don't have the funds to go for Hajj. How can we earn the reward of Hajj? That doesn't mean that the right is removed from us, but how can we earn a reward of Hajj? We're told on the authority of Anas that the Prophet Muhammad said, whoever prays 
the morning prayer in congregation and then waits till the sun rises, he will have the reward of a hajj and a umrah completely, completely, completely. Right? So for us, if we're not able to afford that, at least let's not deprive ourselves of the reward of someone who prays in congregation and waits until the sun rises, about 16 to 20 minutes after the end of Fajr, and then prays two rakahs, and you get the reward. Does that mean if you do that, you don't have to do hajj anymore? No. But at least you, you try to do what you can with what you have. And perhaps Allah will look at your intention for this and write you and give you that same reward that he's promised. Another thing that we can do if we're not able to go for hajj is to yearn for it. Shawq. To actually, from the depth of your heart, want to be Allah's guest. Yearning is an action of lovers. When people who love each other don't see each other for a few hours, the texts are going on, right? The emails, the texts, the calls, when are you coming back? I miss you. If you love Allah and he's invited you to his house and for some reason you cannot make it, then don't deprive your heart of yearning to visit him. Because perhaps Allah will look at that heart that's yearning and say, you get the reward of those that visited. Perhaps Allah will look at the hearts that's yearning and facilitate it for you to visit sooner than you even would ever imagine. Okay? So don't deprive yourself of the blessing of yearning to go for hajj. And I'm not talking of fake yearning. What do I mean by fake yearning? Fake yearning is you have the money to go, but you choose not to go. And then you choose to yearn for it. That's not yearning. True yearning is you don't have any means to go. And your, and your heart really wants to go. And you pray to Allah to make it easy for you to go. Every time you see things to do with hajj, your heart yearns for it. You want it so much. Another thing we can learn from people who go for hajj is that they prepare for hajj. Hajj, as we said, is an allusion, is an illustration of our journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when those who are going for hajj go for hajj, do you see them carry a lot of unnecessary things? Nowadays, we have the luxury of, you know, traveling in planes and things like that. Back in the days, they had to go on donkeys, camels, horses, and they only can carry all that they need, which is necessary. Back then, the first time they would see the Kaaba would be when they arrive in Mecca. Right? But in our preparation, how can we learn from this? We should also, if we cannot go to the Kaaba, if we cannot go for Hajj, we should at least prepare for our meeting with our Lord. And prepare on a daily basis. And how do you prepare in this? Looking at the analogy of the person who only takes what is necessary, Leave behind in this world anything that serves you no purpose in the next world. Leave behind all your worries, all your anxieties, all your fears that has nothing to do with your journey to Allah. Leave behind all the trivial arguments, all the trivial debates, 
And in your journey to Allah, prepare to meet Allah with a sound heart. A heart that is free of imperfect, that is free of diseases, that is free of pride, that is free of anger for other than Allah's sake, that is free of malice. And Allah tells us in preparation for, for Hajj, He said, Watazawadu, prepare for inna khayra zadi taqwa. For indeed, the best of preparation is God consciousness. So even if we're not going for Hajj, we can still prepare for when Allah will take us to Hajj by being people of taqwa, by being people who do what Allah has asked us to do to the best of our ability. I keep away from everything he's asked us to keep away from to the best of our ability, openly and secretly, as he wants, not as we want. Right? If we do that, perhaps when the time comes and the invitation is ready to be taken, then we are at least prepared. Back in the days, people would prepare for years before going for Hajj. Right? Many of us, we only start preparing a few months before. We should start our preparation now, even if we might not have the money. Do everything you can do that Allah has given you the ability to do. And of course, when people arrive in Mecca, in Medina, there's, as we said, there's a certain adab of the place. They go with, they have to wear the ihram before arriving. They remove everything of this world, their watches, their everything. And the same way we should remind ourselves that there will come a time where we will all be shrouded in something similar to what the muhrim wears. And then, ila rabbikal muntaha, to our Lord, to your Lord is the final goal. That last journey is a guaranteed journey that we will all take. Allah tells us, Ya ayyuhal insanu, innaka kadihun ila rabbika kadhan famulaqihi. O mankind, you are toiling, traveling towards your Lord with such a toil, without a doubt you're going to meet him. Right? And Allah tells us of this, whoever is given their book in their right hand, then they will be very happy, rejoice. And whoever who is unfortunate, may Allah not make us any of those, who receives his book on his left hand, then they will wail and regret. So this last journey, where we will all have to wear our ihram of meeting Allah, is something that you all have, we all have to take, whether we're going for hajj or not. And it's something we should all be preparing for on a daily basis. So in conclusion, if we've not been selected this year to go for Hajj, or even if we've been selected to go for Hajj, all of the reminders mentioned here are things we can all benefit from and all do. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us people who hear something and take the best of them. أقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم استغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم